Matthew 16 says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do the people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, and one of the other prof- or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Come on. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you and Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the power of hell will not conquer it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was a Messiah. Was Jesus satisfied when he asked and said, what do the people call me? Because if he would have been satisfied, he wouldn't have asked the disciples, right? Right? But he says, he, he asks what he says, and he says that they say that I'm John, you're John the Baptist. Or that you're Elijah. Or as the King James says, Elias. And others say Jeremiah. Or one of the prophets. But if you look, if you look actually, as, as you guys are going to be seated real quick. He says, he says here that, that the people here link Jesus to some very important people, which was John the Baptist. If you actually look at, look at this and they say, you know, they were calling Jesus really a forerunner of Christ or the forerunner of the Messiah that was coming. Because the, 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 the people of God at that time knew the Messiah was coming, Okay. They knew the Messiah was coming, but they didn't know who he was or where he was coming from. And their perception of who the Messiah was was way different than what they seen. So the people perceived him as these other prophets. And what, what's crazy about this is that they linked him as John the Baptist and all these things, but they didn't even realize that he was the Messiah. They just looked at him as just another prophet. In Malachi 4 and 5, he quotes that, that, that he was seen, that, that someone like Elijah, which, which would come, would be the forerunner, of, of, the forerunner of the Messiah that was coming. Which actually, instead of Elijah, John the Baptist received the mantle of Elijah, of Elijah which meaning basically the blessing to the power of the anointing that God had blessed Elijah, John the Baptist received. But John the Baptist was actually one of the forerunners. So when, he, when they say, when, they, when Jesus asks, they said that he was, he, was, he was like John the Baptist. Then, then some people believed that, obviously, as, as Malachi said, that he said that Elijah was actually coming to be the forerunner. But it wasn't actually Elijah that was coming. It was John the Baptist, which John the Baptist came before Christ. And if you read Scripture, he, he was preaching about Christ and receiving and getting the earth ready, basically, for Jesus to come down. Then as, as some people say, as Jeremiah Jeremiah might be the forerunner. So in saying that, 
they really just looked at Jesus as someone preparing for the Messiah to come. Jesus was sitting there in their laps practically, but they did not perceive him or receive him for who he was. He was right there hanging out with them, preaching to them, healing people, but they did not receive him for who he was. He was right here, Nikki. And they just called him like John the Baptist, or they just called him like Elijah, or they just called him like Jeremiah. He was right there. It'd be like me speaking to you and me being Jesus, which obviously I'm not Jesus. But it would be like Jesus being right here and standing right before you, Jacob, and preaching. But you say, nah, he's just a good prophet. But no, later on down the road, I would be the one that would die for your sins. But they didn't receive him as a Messiah. So in, in, and they were right there. But they didn't receive him as the Messiah. Jesus wasn't satisfied with the report of the varied opinions of the crowd. The people were merely repeating whatever opinion appealed to them without investigating or without really thinking it through. We receive a perception of church just by what everybody else is doing. Do you understand this? We receive the impression about God just because we were raised a certain way, David. We receive a certain impression about God because our boyfriend is a certain way. We receive a certain impression, Will, because we're struggling with something, but we want to look at God in a different perspective to justify what we're doing. We don't want to investigate the Word of God because we will see the Messiah for who He is. But what we don't understand is if we actually investigate for who He really is, not only will He bring judgment... He'll bring judgment if you don't investigate or you do investigate. But let me get, let you get this. If you investigate it, his mercy is so overwhelming that it covers all of those sins that, that, that you are so afraid of dealing with. He pulls you through the very things. If we're willing just to investigate through his word, through seeking him. How many of you are still praying every day? How many are you still reading your word? How many of you read your word? How many of you investigate? How many of you just open the word just to read a scripture because that's what you feel like you're supposed to do? How many have done that? Is it good to do? Let me rephrase that. It is good to do if you push through it. But if you just read one scripture and close it and say, okay, I read my scripture and move on, is that good to do? But if you push through, because let me tell you, every day you're not going to want to investigate, are you? Because let me tell you, there's going to be days that you got 10,000 papers due for school, and you've got zero sleep, or you got exams, and you're going to be like, I don't want to do anything but sleep when I'm not doing schoolwork. Anybody there right now? But you have to push through because actually you will find true rest and recovery in this right here than in some TV show or talking to your boyfriend or girlfriend. 
Because when we investigate, we will receive his blessings. We will receive these very blessings of, of encouragement, of his very arms wrapping around us. That when the enemy lies in our ear and says, you're worthless, Jacob. You're not going to make it through. You're not going to do that. You're sinful. You're that. Or you're dealing with, you're going to deal, deal with pornography all your life. You're never going to get over it. But if we're investigating and tied inside of that word, what do you think is going to happen? We're going to receive the freedom. But the problem is they didn't receive the freedom. They didn't receive him because they did not perceive him for who he was. Nor were they willing to investigate who he was. All they did was they were just people pleasers that was ready to go with the crowd because everybody else at the altar was not doing it either. Come on. It's so easy to worship God when everybody else in the room's doing it. But it's more freedom when we worship without anyone else because we know at that point we've what? We we we, we received freedom. We 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 but because we're willing or we're able to do it, no matter if, if everybody else on the front row is worshiping, I'm able to move and jump. I've received the freedom of not worrying about anybody else around me. I've received the freedom to understand that no matter what I go through and no matter what I do, if I'm willing to say, God, I don't feel like jumping, I don't feel like lifting my hands, and quite frankly, I love you and you know that, but I don't really care to worship you right now. But I'll tell you what, God, because I do love you, I'm going to push through this crap load of day, and some of you might be using other words in there, and you're going to say, who gives, you know, beepity, whatever, and God's going to free you because you say, who gives? I'm not telling you to cuss, nor am I giving you permission. But there's some days that you will, you would be willing to cuss at God. But if you could push through, he will receive you and you will receive that blessing. It's not about feeling the emotion. It's great, let me tell you, when you feel that emotion. I felt it a many, a many, many, a many of times. Here, Collide, Winterfest, uh, uh, ramp, I mean, uh, youth camp, I mean, all over the country at different gatherings, churches in Ohio, churches in, in New Mexico, churches in Texas, churches in Florida, camps in Florida, camps in New Mexico. I felt it. But if I was based on emotion, I would be on a huge roller coaster ride. And life would, we can't say it at SCA, right, Elijah? Sucks. Because if you're riding emotions, <laughs> it's kind of like your friends. If you got enough rest one day, you're really tight with this friend. But that moment that you're really irritated and your emotions are down and you're, t you're tired or you're upset and, and you're not feeling all there, you know, they're not so much your friend at that moment. And in return, that friend may actually, that friendship may end permanently because you treat them so badly. Anybody ever been there? Because we, we're controlled by our emotions instead of being controlled by the freedom of Him. 
He gives us the freedom to do whatever, he, whatever we wish. But we have to choose to say, God, just take me. God, take this body. Take these sinful thoughts. Take this sinful, sinful hands, these sinful eyes, this sinful the feet, these sinful hands and, and arms and legs and body, just every bit of what I am. The thing is, it really didn't matter what the crowd had thought at this point. Because then he asked the disciples here, he said, the real question was, still is, what is down inside your heart do you believe? So, so forget about all the crowd that's around you. Because dancing at some conference with 5,000 other people is not going to matter unless inside your heart you are changed. So at ASM, and you're here, and you're worshiping up, up, up front, if nobody else is dancing, but inside your heart you actually truly love, that is what really determines who you are. If it's not a song you can really jump to or get your swag on with, Nick, when he has it every so often. But he walked in my office today. I was like, dude, you, you're pulling off this whole ghetto look. I don't know what's going on. Oh, thug look. Sorry, sorry. Not a bad thug either. <clears throat> but it doesn't matter about the other guys that's hanging around us or the other girls or our friends. The bottom line is, the real question is, what deep down inside is your heart believing That we just follow everyone else or we do what we know we're supposed to do. We follow our emotions or we follow what we know to be right. If we're investigating in the word, one, our emotions most likely will not be on a roller coaster ride. And two, even if they are, this will guide us along the way. What Jesus wanted was both a heartfelt faith and a clear-cut confession from his disciples. Matthew 16 and 16, right after he had asked, he, Jesus asked, but what do you say? And Simon Peter answered right away and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. As in the NLT reads, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Peter spoke up quickly on behalf of all the other disciples. He was the most anxious, anxious about doing it. Which as you see, when, when Jesus died on the cross, Peter was one of the disciples that what? Turned his back on him how many times? Three times, right? So we see that we are all subject to failure. But if we receive his freedom, we can still get through. He's the one that spoke up before any of the other disciples and said, You are the Messiah, Lord. When he says, Thou art the Christ, what does he mean by that? Anybody know? Is that like, Thou art the Turners? 
Thou art the Knox. Thou art the Frasers. And he's just declaring who he is. Is that what it is, kind of? Like he's just saying, you know, that's your tribe or that's your family. Is that what he's doing? Back then there was a lot of tribes. <laughs> Not like Indian tribes, but <laughs> tribes of people. You're like, oh, yo, 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 yo. that's exactly what some of you guys are thinking. <laughs> like, were the Indians? So what was he saying by thou art the Christ? Does anybody know? What does Christ mean? So when you say Jesus Christ, are you saying he's just his full name? It's his title. But if you actually look at the Christ, what Christ means, all it means is anointed, the anointed one, as in the NLT says, the Messiah, or the, as the actual translation is Messiah. What does Messiah mean, which is the promised deliverer of the Jewish people? But as you know, as the Old Testament law and the New Testament law and all of those things, I'd overwritten the Gentiles and the Jewish and all of that things, which obviously we're all Gentiles and we can come to the Lord. We'll go through that one day where you guys can understand that. But anywho, we're able to receive the blessing of Christ. So when he said, thou art Christ, he wasn't just declaring his last name. Or you ever see, you ever see watch a movie and all of a sudden they're like, oh, Jesus Christ, because something bad happens or something. And you're like, now you're going to be like, why are they declaring Jesus the anointed one? <laughs> oh, Jesus the anointed one. I mean... Do they say it like that? They're like, oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, again, language, when people speak language, as in curse words, they are what? Ignorant. They don't have a crap, a load of knowing what they're speaking. I mean, we use terms so, so, so ignorantly. So let that be an encouragement to stop cussing because you just look like an idiot. Next time you're going to laugh every time you hear in a movie or you hear somebody say, why are you saying that Jesus is the anointed one? Because if you actually understood that, that would just unroll you and just bless you so incredibly that you could just be like, oh, my goodness. Or maybe you'll be in a movie and you're like, I got to get out of here because he just declared he's anointed one. And obviously every other word that they're saying is not about God. So I got to get out of here. Where's that door? Or your boyfriend's reaching in your pants when you know he shouldn't be, and he's getting upset and says, oh, Jesus Christ, and you say, what? Oh. You laugh, but you're, some of you have been there. Boy, girl, whatever. You're receiving the freedom. But he says, you are the Messiah. You are the anointed one. Jesus wasn't a forerunner. He, was the, he is the fulfillment of God's promises given through all of Israel's history. He was not the one of the prophets. He was the prophesied one, the Messiah, God's anointed servant as well as in the hope for the prophet, the priest, the coming king. He was before them anointed to minister on earth. He is the son of the living God, the one true God, in contrast to lifeless idols worshipped by the rest of the world at that time. Peter and the other disciples recognized Christ, the anointed one, for who he was. 
Jesus as the unique and no one else like him. Thus they recognize him as, as, as the good man, as, as the great teacher. The phrase son of meant by recognize Jesus has the qualities of the nature of himself, of a great deity. He is the deity. He is the God. The God. Not one of the gods. Obviously we believe in the Trinity, which is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But they are in one. So tonight, the question is, who do you say he is? Jesus is the one who is still the revelation of God to the people of this world, of all mankind. Jesus came to be the revelation for all mankind, for all time. Is Jesus sitting up in your grill and are you not recognizing who he is? Are you not receiving who he is? Some of you, I think most of you have been in church a lot. There's some of you that only been in a year or so. And it's so easy sometimes, the longer you're in church, to get just used to him. To where the devil got you so deceived, deceived, deceived. The devil's got you so deceived. That you think that you're living right or that you're going to be okay or that it's a bunch of load of crap. Or because you've lived life all this time at church or because your girlfriend's so dead sexy that it overwrites serving God. Or because you're so stuck in sex with, in a relationship with her or him that nothing else matters. But if God was to come today, you would be going right on the roller coaster straight to hell. But it's easy to be in church, and the longer you're there, to just get in the motion, to just get into the place that you don't receive Jesus for who he is, because you're not really investigating for who he is. You're just receiving the information that is given to you, like right now. It's great to receive this information, but as well, it's, it's even more powerful for you to go home and interrogate Jesus. To get into the depths of it. And now of any time in this world, you have more freedom and possibility of research than ever, ever before. When I was growing up, all we could do was a book. Granted, my dad just gave me a bunch of really cool books that helped studying make it so much easier. But that was the only way. If I wanted to go look up a word or study the word, I had to go find a book. I couldn't even research it on the Internet because all they had was dial-up, and we didn't even have dial-up. 
Dial-ups where you click the button and you wait 10 minutes before it comes up. Yeah, you attach your phone line and you hear this. And then your internet would come up. And then your page would go from like the. And it'd go down the screen. And you'd be like, sweet. Now I can click the button. And you click it. And then you're like. Literally, it'd just come down your screen. You'd be like, this stinks. But at that time, you're like, this is awesome. And now you can't just like. I went home to my parents and it about drove me nuts. My parents and my, my fa- father-in-law and mother-in-law, I click on something, and I was expecting it to move. And here at church in my house, I get spoiled. But my point is, how many of you guys have smartphones or a smart tablet of some sort? If it's a phone or a tablet, lift your hand up high if you have a tablet of some form. If you have a computer at your house, lift your hand. If you have a computer at your house, computer, tablet, some form of computer in your household, something like that. Guess what? I'm not saying that you go Google a question because you got to be careful because if you go to Yahoo Answers, let me tell you, you're going to get some crazy people out there. Now, you'll get some good people in their midst somewhere, but unless you're really, truly in his word, then you're going to be so lost, and you're going to be just like the other people and just call Jesus a great disciple than actually receiving him as a great Messiah. But what I'm saying is, is you can go through Blue Letter Bible, you can go through, um, there's a word search program, actually a portion of it's free. Um, Bible Explorer, you can download on your phones, on your computer, it's free. You can go on there and research, and it will make your life easy when it comes to studying the word. Did you have something to say, Rebecca? Yes. A good study Bible, you say, and I've told you this, and I've told you this, but, but let me tell you, a study Bible will revolutionize your life. Will bring a whole nother revelation to your life. It's a life application Bible, my favorite Bible I own. And in fact, it's, it's about, well, it's only about five years old, but the leather's about worn off on the, uh, parts of it. And I'm like, I probably need a new one. But it's like 50 bucks. But let me tell you, Yeah. Let me tell you, investing in something that you love, you will truly be passionate about it. It's like something that's given to you. I could give you this Bible and you would take it and it would probably go on your shelf because you have not invested in it. Obviously, if you begin to read it, you would understand But investing in those things, you don't even have to do that. You can go to blueletterbible.com, and you can go to any translation. I read out NLT most times, and they have commentaries. They have commentaries, basically something that describes or explains what you're reading, breaks it down. You have to be careful who you're reading from as well. Matthew Henry is a great one. He's a Baptist, but he's still got a lot of really good points. But anywho, maybe we'll have a class on all the different things that you can go through and study. But my point is, you guys can click it at a button. I didn't get to click it at a button until I was about 16, which was, believe it or not, 12 years ago. Ugh. I'm old. Don't give me a cane, just so you know. There's other people that's older than me in this room, too, just to let you know. 
But the question tonight that I want to ask you, serious, all laughter aside, is who do you say he is? Have you went to a conference or have you not, and you've gotten to the place that you just say, yeah, he's a great God or he's a great king, but you're not receiving him as your king? Have you, have you placed him in the place that you just say, yeah, yeah, I know, we go to church, we go to praise and worship, we go to youth, we watch a video, and normally Nathan will say, or Pastor Nate, or Fred, or whatever you want to call me, goes up and does announcements, and does a game or something, and then preaches, and then we leave by 8.30, 9 o'clock, somewhere like that. That's just a typical Wednesday. And if you look at it, that's what, that's what you're going to receive out of church. But you're missing the whole point of what church is and who God is. Just as the other people that, as Jesus asked, who do they receive me as or who do they say that I am, they just seen him as a good guy. So are you deceived to the place that you're not receiving him as your Messiah? Who do you say he is? The anointed one? The Messiah? Or is he just a curse word to you? Go ahead and stand with me. God, tonight is your power and your glory. God, I just, tonight as, as we take a few moments to pray, Father... God, I just pray that, that these few moments, God, we are not moved by emotion. We are not moved out of obligation. We are not moved because the other people around us are moving. or We're not moved because we're afraid. or we're, we, But we move because we want to begin to investigate who you are. God, maybe some of us just need some strength tonight, Father. Maybe some of us just need to come to you and say, God, I just need some help. Because I'm struggling. I'm, I'm struggling to just to make time for you. I'm struggling to investigate your word. God, I, I, I know you're the Messiah. I know you're my king. But I've, God, I've lost some of that anointing. I've lost some of that move. I've lost some of that passion. But God, I, I'm not laying back. I'm not stepping back. God, I need that spiritual energy drink per se. I need that that neck, that 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 power that you give. I need that anointing that keeps me excited, that keeps me moving, no matter what it feels like around me, no matter what my family's saying, no matter what my parents are doing, no matter what my friends are doing, no matter what everything that's going on around me, that I can know that you're here with me every day, God. I need that move, God. If you're here tonight and you say, I need that move, I need that spiritual energy, I need him to just, just give you a new passion. Maybe you've lost some of it. Maybe you've struggled some or whatever. But if that's you, raise your hand right now. I need some of that new passion. Maybe it's just certain days. Maybe those days that you feel tired and then all of a sudden because you're tired, you're spiritually weak. 
I need them in those weak days. I need them in the bad days. I need them when I'm tired and I don't want to do anything but sleep. I need them in the times that, that I'm full of energy and I have so much energy I don't even know what to do with it. I know he's my Messiah, but I want to see him as my Messiah. I want to investigate his word. I want to get involved in his word so that my passion and my direction will be moved by him. Anybody else with me? If that's you tonight, just lift hands up high, both hands. God, we begin to pray right now. Come on, just begin to pray. God, we just lift you up tonight. God, we just praise your name. We just praise your name, God, because, Lord, you are so incredible tonight. God, we see you as our Messiah. God, and we want to receive you as our Messiah. We want this passion. We want this love, God. We want this encouragement, Father. We don't want to ever be to the place that we can't receive you as our Savior. We don't want to ever get to the place that we just see you as someone, but we don't receive you as that person. We want to receive you as our everything as our direction, as our God. Tonight, with our hands lifted high, God, we just bring praise to your name. We just glorify you. Come on, keep on praying. Keep on praying. Only by your words. declare that he's Christ you say well he knows my heart I understand he knows your heart he knows your thoughts but sometimes you just have to declare it so that the enemy hears you physically say Lord you are my Messiah you are my Savior you are my King You know what's crazy is because of the of Jesus dying on the cross. Get this, turn this music down just a second. What does it say about the devil? He is the what? But his title is a prince, right? He is the prince of darkness, right? Is he a king? I mean, he may be the father of all lies, but he is what? The prince. Huh? So if, and, and if you look at the very factor that if he is the prince of darkness, he is the, 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 the prince of this world per se, who is the king? Who is in all authority? So when, when Jesus died on the cross and he told the disciples that as I have done these things, you can do also. Who do you think has the authority at that point? Huh? Huh? So if he is the king and he gives us the authority, in all retrospect, what would that make us as well? 
Huh? That nobody knows? What would that make us? Come on. We would have the same authority because as Jesus says, very paraphrased, but he said that we have all authority just as him. That we can do the exact same things as Jesus did on this earth. Which in all return, obviously we are not the king of the world, nor are we the king or God. But let me tell you, we are the king of the devil. Which in all retrospect, when the devil tells us any type of lie or tries to tell you anything, he doesn't have power over you, nor never will he ever have power over you. So you speak and life into your situation, and you say, no, devil. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> Because I'm walking with God, yes, I may have stumbled. Yes, I may have struggled with that temptation. But let me, let me tell you, because of the freedom that Jesus gave me and because he died on the cross, when his blood ran down the cross, he has given me all freedom and he has given me all power through him, which in return, I have all strength and power over you. So you can push him aside. You say, who cares? So that very moment that you say, I can't overcome this, you're right. You can overcome it, but through Christ you can overcome it. And so you speak life to the very situation that you say, no, 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 devil. I got this because I am a king through, through Christ. Through the anointed one that died on the cross for us. I am royalty. It just says that the devil is the king of darkness. What is God? Per se, the king of light, right? Not in some movie or video game, but, but, but the Bible declares it as, as Christ being light. So if we're part of the family, we have all authority over this world. That quite frankly, if you want to pop your collar when the devil's around, you can just say, hey, you ain't got nothing on me, devil. I mean, Elijah's going to be walking around with his collar popped now, now Nick can really do it and push it. But my point in saying that, don't, lie, don't walk in the lies of the enemy that, that you ain't got it going on. Just because you forgot or you skipped one day in prayer, but then you re- get a revelation the next day and say, no, devil, I'm living this revelation of God and I'm seeking him, which in return, because I am a son of God, because I am born into the family of God through my relationship with him, I have all victory over you and I have all control over you. So if he's already, if Jesus has already won the victory... What war is there to be fought? Isn't that what scripture says? Huh? I mean, if the victory is already done, if Jesus said it is finished, then what do we have to even fight or worry about? But that's the problem. Our flesh gets in there and we get worrying. Because we're not investigating his word. I got to shut this down. I'm sorry. But we've already won. It's already finished through Christ. We just got to walk in the confidence and the authority that God has already given us. Because we know it's finished, we know it's done, and we can do it. Amen? All right, let me pray for you.
God, we just pray tonight, God, as we leave here tonight, God, as we walk in your full authority as you have given us, as you have as you've said that we can walk in the same authority that you have, Jesus, I pray for a new passion, a new love, a new desire to serve you like no other, Father. God, that we will get into a new revelation with you, Father. God, that we will begin to investigate your word like no other, God, that we will begin to investigate you, God, at a whole nother level, Father, God, that your power, that your glory, that your your anointing will begin to just pour out in each and every one of us, God, that we can walk in your trueness, God, because you've already won the victory. You've already won the war, Father. God, every battle is won. Every every war, every, every, every temptation is already won. If we walk in the very confidence of you and walk in the very authority of you, as your scripture has said. Give us a new love for your word. Give us, give us minds that will retain your word. That we can speak the life to every situation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.